Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 12, Episode 11 on ASD. I'm Jack. Uh, and it is not that long after the utter shit show that was Newcastle. And, and mate, I'm, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. I'm going to start this off talking about how we met we met work it we we joined a team i joined the company uh you were already there you had just joined you were part of um like a, a a recruitment scheme that was set up by a woman called nancy who was my hero nancy um phoned me up once and she said uh sd i've got because i love working with people on work experience and she said like i've got someone who's come out of prison uh like on tuesday do you want him next week monday to wednesday um i called kale i was like yeah obviously and kale came in uh been in prison we didn't talk about what he'd been in prison but we talked about books and one of the books he was talking about uh he said was banned was a book by robert green which is the uh, 48 laws of power which is a great book it's a bit like the prince by machiavelli it's not manipulative but it, it just you just learn about the way people work so i started looking at his other books and this one, which I'm showing it to Jack now, which is the 33 strategies of war, just all the different tactics. What the books do is they give you a rule and they give you a situation where where it's where it really happened. And then it talks about how you can apply it to life and all that sort of stuff. A little bit self-helpy, but it's war. It's great fun. And it made me think about how Conte approaches the game. So uh, in the chapter on defensive warfare, uh, rule number eight is pick your battles carefully. We all have limitations. Know your limits and pick your battles carefully. We don't we don't do that. We we play defensively and we don't have the best defence. Um, he's always moaning about the fullbacks, even the ones that he brought in. So that's a problem. Uh, now it's the the main one is rule nine, which is turn the tables. The counterattack strategy. Moving first, initiating the attack will often put you at a disadvantage. You're exposing your strategy and limiting your options. Instead, discover the power of holding back and letting the other side move first, giving you the flexibility to counterattack from any angle. If your opponents are aggressive, bait them into a rash attack and will leave them in a weak position. Fair enough. Fair enough. Number ten, create a threatening presence. Uh, the best way to fight up aggressors is to keep them from attacking you in the first place. We don't do that. Um, trade space for time. Retreat in the face of a strong enemy is not a sign of weakness, but of strength. By resisting the temptation to respond to an aggressor, you buy yourself valuable time. Time to recover, time to think. It doesn't work in football because they just get in shape. N the next chapter is on offensive warfare, which is the opposite, right? And the uh, number 14 is overwhelm resistance with speed and suddenness. Uh, the use of speed will bring you untold power in the world where people are indecisive and overly cautious. Striking first before your opponents have time to think, prepare, will make them emotional, unbalanced and prone to error. That's what people do to us. We're very easy. Control the dynamic, which is rule 15. People are constantly struggling to control you. We're very, very easy to control. And number 18, expose and attack your enemy's soft flank. Um, this is interesting because it says when you attack people directly, you stiffen their resistance, make your task that much harder. There is a better way to strike your opponent's attention at the front and attack them from the side with the least expected. But if you attack from the side the entire time, then it's not going to work. I'm, we, we cannot play the way we're playing because there's so many mistakes in those key positions. Dyer makes mistakes. Larice makes too many mistakes for us to play in the way that we do. We need as little time with him on the ball as possible. But we play with him. I'm done with the way Conte's playing, frankly. I'm done. I'm done with him. He, he keeps on 
talking about our fullbacks. Yeah, we're in third, but multiple clubs can go ahead of us with their game in hand. So that that let's not get distracted by this. We wait for clubs to play at us and then we break. We've got no style. We let teams impose on us. Where in sport do serial winners wait for their opponents to do something before reacting? Like Mayweather, the great one of the greatest boxers of all time? Maybe, but he had very few flaws when it came to the attack and he, he played it perfectly. Maybe Greece, 2004 Euros? Maybe, but no one looks back. There's no glory in Greece. It was they were one of the worst teams in the thing. And so that's they had to do that to win. There's zero glory, no entertainment. And the worst thing is there's no respect to our best players. We've got two of the best strikers in the world, literally the best strike partnership that the Premier League has ever had. But we play like they're our worst players and we avoid playing to their strengths. It keeps on coming back to these bloody fullbacks. So we need to wait. We're not there yet. It's a fullback's fault. We were the sixth biggest spenders in Europe in the summer. And he's still not happy. You know, Perisic, pretty good. Richarlison, 60 million good, maybe. I still believe in him. But Basuma, who's a big one, but he doesn't play because he's not ready. What's that about? And why bring him in? We've already got Skip, Bentica and Hoiberg to play. in. The, we don't even need three of them. Lenglet's been okay with Doggy. Seems really good. Romero permanent. That's fine. I want to finish my rant because I'm really not happy. I'm I'm 99% potching at the moment. Three quotes. One, Blanche Flower. The great fallacy is that the game is first and last about winning. It is nothing of a kind. The game is about glory. It is about doing things in style and with a flourish. About going out and beating the other lot, not waiting for them to die of boredom. Bill Nick is better to fail aiming high than to succeed aiming low. We have Spurs have set our sights very high, so high, in fact, that even failure will have in it an echo of glory. And we've all heard those two. But this is one from um, Irving Scholar, who was our chairman in the 80s. He was talking about he was he tried to get Ferguson. Ferguson almost came to Spurs. And he said the way his teams played was also very important. Whilst they were winning, they were also entertainment, which is a vital prerequisite for any Spurs side. I'm just not happy. I'm bored. I we knew this was going to happen. If we can see it, and we we know nothing about football, how can he can, can't see that Newcastle are going to hurry you? Yeah, without Lloris's mistakes, maybe we could have won that. But we knew Lloris made mistakes. We knew what Newcastle were about. We knew what Man United were about. People are writing articles on Man United saying how, you know, this is a massive change they've been waiting for. Suddenly all these players are the best players in the world. It's not. They just play Tottenham. And you see, this, we always make other teams look good. And we don't have any memorable goals. We don't have any memorable games. It's just boring and I hate it and I'd just rather not go at the moment sorry I've ranted you no, haven't no, said not anything at all. not at all uh, there's a you've obviously said a lot there I mean yeah. the the, the, diff- the difficulty that there that we've got right is when you play the style of football that we play you you can't play like that and not win yeah you, you cannot because there are absolutely no positives and we probably, if you went back and listened to a podcast we did a few years ago when we had Jose, we probably had similar similar Same points thing. that it's if you're playing that style, you've got to make sure you're getting results. And it's like as soon as you've got a defensive system and a way of playing and you're losing, you haven't got a leg to stand on. Um, it was, it's incredibly frustrating watching the game today. Um, firstly, I actually thought we started the game fairly well and we should have gone one nil up I mean Sun getting put clean through by Kane and trying to dink the keeper like I don't know what that was all about you know Sun from last season would have just rifled that in the bottom corner and you won nil up so it's like there are obviously these moments that change games and the frustrating thing is the way we are set up if we make an individual mistake we're in big trouble 
like just to, to the nature of the system. And when Lloris, I mean, the first one, what he's doing, I, I really, really don't know. Um, so, and even on the second one, the the distribution out from there, we just play ourselves into trouble. Um, it did feel like we made a couple of indiv- individual mistakes today and they were punished and the ball's in the back of the net. Whereas the last month or so, it feels like we might have got away with them a little bit more. But having said that, it does come back to the way that we're set up and the way that we're playing. Um, and I agree with what you said. It, it really felt today like we weren't playing to our strengths. I think normally I watch it and I think well, we can get Kane in the game, we can get run, you know, it, but Kane was very isolated up top. Sun didn't really offer anything and we just looked really, really lacked of any kind of ideas. And when we got the goal back early in the second half, I really thought we can go on and get something now. We've got 35 minutes to go. We've pulled a goal back. Like, I don't think Nick Pope had a save to make, did he really, in the second half? Nope. And that was what was really disappointing because, you know, we've watched football long enough. You know when it's the other way around and you're 2-0 up and the team get one back and you think we've got to hang on here for the next 15 minutes. We just didn't, we didn't put them under any kind of pressure. And even with, like, in the last 10 minutes, it didn't even, like, look desperate. You know when you're just whipping balls in the box and you've got, you know I mean, you put a centre-off up top and you're just trying to make something happen. We didn't really, we didn't really even have that as well. It it was um it was a really strange game. I thought that Newcastle played fairly well. And I know there's a lot of Newcastle loving for, for them getting the win, but I don't think they really had to do much to beat us today. And and that's what the most worrying thing is. Sometimes you'll lose those games and you come away and you think, you know what, as a team they were better or they had a couple of incredible individual performances, but Newcastle were all right. But yeah. and, but they just they scored two goals from not having to do a lot and you're playing football in the Premier League, you can't just give a team a two-goal head start. Like, it, it just doesn't work like that. So, um, back to the points that you made. I mean, I don't I don't agree necessarily with all of with all of it. I think the frustrating thing is, with Conte, he has his methods and he will stick to them and there is no, there's no budge on that. He has his formation and he has his patterns and it's like, this is what you do because he's proven over his managerial career that this is what gets him effective results. Um, the frustrating thing for us is at the minute we're still doing all right. If you look at the league, you know, I know we've lost two and it's very easy to be like, oh, what a terrible week because it has been tough. We're still we're still in the mix in the league. And I just think we were a team last season that we we got top four on the last day of the season. We just got it. We could have mm. ended up fifth last year. We've brought Richarlison in. We've brought Perisic in. They're, they're all right signings. They're not. You know, they're not all of a sudden going to transform us into a completely different team. Um, so for me, I look at that and think we just got fourth last year. We could have finished fifth. What do I think of this season? I said it at the start. We might get fourth. We might get fifth. We might get sixth. We might overpull and get third. But we're going to be in and around those places. Um, it just feels like we've been in a transition for five or six seasons. Like I, I can't think really of recent years where it's felt like, right, we've got this, yeah. you know, consistency. And there's still that every single week, there's still question marks over Conte's future. And it's like, is he signing a new deal? Is he going to go? And it's just like that speculation isn't helpful. Um, I think the tough thing, though, if you strip football back ultimately to what you want to see as a supporter, you want to be you want to see good football. Uh, obviously, you want you want to win. You want to see you want to see Tottenham winning the. Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup every year, but you also got to be realistic of like what can what can you achieve, and you want to see your team on the front foot and playing good football. And good football doesn't always have to mean 
you know, Guardiola style, you know, 75% possession, pinning teams in, like, you can play up and out in football and get balls in the box. And, like, football's exciting by by the speed that you play it. And I just think, I watch us at the minute and we just, we just, we've been slow this week. Mm. You know, everything we've done with the ball, without the ball, everything's just been a bit slow. Um, and you watch that and it's difficult to get inspired by, by that kind of football. So, look, it's been a tough week. You know, we were all disappointed Wednesday, the way we lost at United. And then to back it, back it up with a performance like what we've done today, it's, you know, it doesn't give you that much optimism. But what I would say, good, the few good things from today, seeing Oliver skip back, yes. I thought he'd done, I thought he'd done really, really well. I thought, he, you know, he, he made some great runs from midfield to try and go going behind to stretch Newcastle, broke play up well. Particular highlight was him beating Dan Byrne in the air in the second half, which you just think, how has that happened? Um, but so it was good. It's good to see him back. Um, it's good Basuma getting more minutes, although he, he's still not quite gelling yet. Um, but we missed we missed our main man in the middle, didn't we? Hoibs. We missed him massively. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody that's not a fan of his or doesn't get what he does, because I see a lot of that. What does he do? Like you can see in that performance today, there's just no structure with or without the ball. Um, so look, I'm, fr- I'm as frustrated as anyone. I'm not going to be too over the top. There's a lot of people being like, oh, you know, is Conte what we want, all of this stuff. And like a few weeks ago, everyone was saying, oh, you know, why can't Spurs go and win the league? And it, so it's just like, it's real extreme reactions. But I think naturally you get extreme reactions with the style of football that, that we play, unfortunately. Yeah. <sighs> It's, I'm just frustrated. I think I was just looking back at the results this time exactly a year ago because it wasn't great this time a year ago, right? This time a year ago, so October 17th, 2021, we beat Newcastle 3-2. Um, Wilson scored in the second minute. We had Endombele scored, Kane and Son scored all in the first half and Dar scored no own goal. And then the closest game was we lost 1-0 away at West Ham to an Antonio goal. Um, and it's also worth saying, like, there's a lot of potching stuff how just how bad it was for like the last year nine months of him like that seven yeah. two um like i'm not sure about the pochettino stuff you know like i don't think conte's gonna go don't get me wrong he won't um, go. But I, I just i couldn't see the club because we'll talk about poch in a sec but like this has been like two games ago everyone was saying we've had our best ever premier league start and everyone's yeah. raving about us. You you lose two games, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, is this what we want? So it's like there is a, there is a big, re, you know, people being very reactionary. The Pochettino stuff, I love him. It, it was an incredible period. I've never felt so close and attached emotionally to a football team. But I just don't know. Does it, it does it ever work? Do you know what I mean? It's like, would we, it, you know, would we be talking to him for the right reasons or just because it's him? I don't know. I've got real, real mixed feelings with him ever coming back because it's like he's got a legacy I know he didn't we didn't win anything but he's got a legacy and it's like he'd have to do better than what he did before in order to not ruin that legacy and it's like would he be able to do that I'm not sure I still think Conte is getting a lot out of bang average players like Mm -hmm. if you just if you just look if you look at the names like our defense today was Emerson, Sanchez, Dyer, Longley and Sessegnon but the thing is, but it's not. It's like it's not great. It's but, not great. I'm not saying we. I'm not saying that team should be losing at home to Newcastle. But I'm like, 
it doesn't surprise me that we that we find that type of game difficult because it's like it doesn't fill you with that much yeah, but confidence at, or excitement. Look at their back four or back five, whatever they were playing, like much worse than that. No, ours. no, I agree. I agree. I, I agree that, that Newcastle at home shouldn't be a game where we we should be going into that thing. We're going to win this game and, you know, trying to win it and not getting beat, ideally. But I, I still just I look at that side and I just I, it don't, I don't think that we're fantastic. I think we will over the course of a season with Conte, we'll get results and we'll be between third and sixth. Like that's what he will be able to deliver for us. And I, I just think that that's not bad considering the squad that we've got. I just I don't think it's a fantastic side. It's not a fantastic squad. Like to be fair to him, those fullbacks, you go Doherty, like fine. Is he is he great? No, I'd still prefer Trippier down the right. Royale, I mean, is poor. I just don't know what the point of him is now. He's a bit like Lennon in that like there's bits he does well, but it go in go and watch a um it's like if you watch a YouTube compilation of Dembele or Endombele, both of them, that, that it's of the skill and of beating the person, but it never shows the ball that they give. And that's the thing. Like, it, it, it never goes anywhere. And Royal's crosses are terrible. So he needs to go. Cesson Young looks great. Um, DJ Spence, who knows? I, it, oh, mid, the midfield is our and poorest Conte area. Said similar. Con- Conte has said similar, hasn't he? He sort of said, look, I need a little bit more time. I need a few more windows to get it exactly how it is. Um, but it's look, like I say, I don't, whilst I don't think it's a fantastic squad, it shouldn't be a squad that's getting beat against Newcastle. But like, it's one of those games, like Newcastle will probably be top eight. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, yes, I'm surprised we've lost, but it's not it's not as if you know we've just lost home to forest and it's like oh my god like that's an absolute like newcastle with decent side and i just think that if we're not absolutely at it it's not easy to win games of football with that squad no you're right i think i would i'm predicting now that you newcastle um finish above man united because i just think man united just aren't a team whereas newcastle's strength is the fact that they just seem to be a bit of a team yeah. that are working There's a together lot of spirit. There's a lot of spirit, but there's people just pulling in. They're just doing the right jobs in the right places. And that's the thing we don't quite have. I still don't understand our midfield setup. It's just there's such a massive gap in 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 front of the defensive midfielder and the strikers. And that that's just where we're losing the games. I think I also think that the sun situation is a real problem for us at the minute. We look great because the first 15 minutes. Yeah, we just we need to get him firing again. And I don't know. I, I mean, this is the, the ultimate test for Conte, but his form has just dipped massively this season. And um, we're, we're so reliant on him, like especially in this system where it's basically we'll have eight defensive players get the ball up to Kane and Son. And like we need you to win the game for us, effectively, yeah. um, especially without Kulusevski, who is a big, big miss. Um, so we need to figure out a way of getting some firing again, because um if he has an off day, it's all on Kane. Do you know what I mean? It's like you look at our side today, we've got a back five and three probably more defensive minded midfielders and then Sun not quite on it. And you're like, oh, my word, like if Kane doesn't pull one out the bag, you know, yeah. how how actually are we going to score? 
Um, I thought Kane played quite well again today, though. He was yeah. feeding off the of scraps. He got his goal. His passing was brilliant. Like we, and that, this is the thing as well. I'm not saying we deserve to win the game. I don't know if we necessarily deserve to lose. It felt like a bit of a one-one kind of game. Like neither team really doing too much. But um, we had a couple of chances early on, didn't we? And like we should have gone in front. And you just think, oh, you know, you, you take one of those in the first 15 minutes, and all the game does change and it does become different. Um, but look. Frustrating afternoon, frustrating week. Um, we sort of have said over the last few years that what's cost us a lot in the league has been losing to the teams around us. Mm-hmm. And like Man United and I don't think Newcastle will be challenging for the top four, but they might. You don't know. They might. Um, it was just interesting to see if that's going to be a similar pattern. You know, obviously like lost to Arsenal. Drew at Chelsea. These are all tough games as well. We've got Liverpool, haven't we, coming up in the next couple of weeks. That's a big game. So we need to just try and start picking up a few more victories in those games against teams around us. But look, I'm not going to let it ruin my weekend, ruin my week ahead, because at this point of the season, the game's come so thick and fast. Like, we have to go again, don't we? We're sporting Wednesday night, which is a huge game. game. So the players need to be able to react and get themselves ready for that. Yeah, we are heavy favourites for that like heavy favourites but who knows and then Bournemouth Marseille Marseille would be a great one just just let's see the character there then Liverpool Forest in the cup on the Wednesday Leeds but then it gets like Leeds Brentford Villa Palace before Arsenal in the middle of January so again it is that their games we should be winning it you're you're exactly right a good run we've got a good run of league games now Really like, I know Liverpool's in there, but I think the next six that you've said there, you should be looking to win the majority of them. So, mm. and that takes us into the World Cup, then, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and the January window as well. So, yeah. What we thought that Forest, Forest, Liverpool, more Spursy than Spurs at the moment. No idea what's going on there. They'll beat us, and then they'll lose to Forest again. It's baffling what's happened there, isn't it? Um, it just goes to show, though, doesn't it? Any team, if you if your key players struggle, lose a bit of form, you have some injuries, it shows you how difficult the Premier League is. I think one of Liverpool's biggest issues this season is that Henderson's not been there, and I know I know as an as an, as an individual, you know he's not fantastic, but I think he brings a lot to that side and his leadership and you know drives the team on from midfield. I think them not having him has been a big big miss, but um, you'd still think, wouldn't you, like with the, the firepower they've got, that they'd be all right. But like I, I looked at their team against Forest, and their midfield was like Elliot, Elliot Fabinho, Carvalho, Fabinho and Jones. Jones. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I mean, that's not great at all, is it? No, and Fabinho... It's a weird season. It's a weird season. I, I genuinely think this season, the team, the team that finished fourth, it'll be one of the lowest points totals needed to get into the yeah, Champions League. Because everyone seems to be having these blips where you just have a couple of really dodgy results. Apart from City and Arsenal. Well, yeah, I mean, Arsenal, what they've lost to, what was it Man United they lost to? That's the only game they've lost so far and drawn one game. And then City, yes, I mean, City have lost one and drawn two. So it's all it's all mad. I mean, hopefully West Ham will go down. But Forest, I didn't expect Forest to be so bad, but who would have guessed like buying 16 players in the summer would mean that you've got no team yeah. spirit. Maybe they'll come good. Uh, any word on Gerrard? Any feelings on Gerard going? Didn't surprise me. Didn't surprise me at all. I think that as soon as the as soon as you lose the supporters, you're gone. 
And like they were his own to have his own fans chanting the other day, do you know what I mean? Get out of our club, you're getting sacked in the morning, all of that. It's like we, know, we we've seen it, haven't we? Like you just you know when when it's done for a manager. Um, I look, I like Stevie G as a as a player. He was one of the best around. Um, did a cracking job at Rangers. Just not quite work. Like Villa is a tough job because they've got a lot of expectation there. Mm. Um, they're a bit of like a fallen giant, really, aren't they? And it's like their mm-hmm. fans and that want to be, you know, challenging for those European spots. I thought it was quite funny that apparently didn't know they were they were trying to talk to Pochettino and Tuchel, and it's like. I don't think that they, they're quite going to go to Villa at the moment. But that's a big job for someone. It'd be interesting to see who they do try and get. I mean, Sean Dyche is out of work and he's a good manager. But I wonder if, you know, will they want to go in that type of direction or will they want to try and do something different? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that that team, I just I just don't see any... Like, it could go down. Martinez, Cash, Cons, Mings, Young are playing at left-back. Douglas Louise, Watkins, Bailey, Ings, like it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a Premier League team. I mean they'll probably beat us. I think I see I think I think they should be doing a lot better than what they are, Villa. Mings, I've always liked Mings. I've always liked Tarkovsky as well, but I don't know. It feels quite a poor league this year. Like the interesting Yeah. I, no, I just It's unpredictable. I mean the Premier League's always like this, but I do think that you'll you'll get a lot of like shock not shock results now this season and we've already mm. seen it like teams in the bottom half beating the top sides normally it's like all oh, they've drawn but it's like actually the teams are getting turned over and, and are losing and yeah. I think the second half of the season is going to be exactly the same because you're going to have all of the fallout from the World Cup mm. you know injured players mentally fatigued players sides probably at the lower end of the Premier League are not going to have as many players that are going to go away and play in that so yeah. it's like, what type of situation will they come back in those players? Because they'll obviously have to do a bit of a mini pre-season. Will they be fit? So I think that the second half of the season is going to be extremely unpredictable, which is why we've just got to try and hang on in there as much as we can. Sit and be positive. Um, mate, I found um, my Premier League 98 sticker album. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at the Newcastle squad. Shea Gibbon, Warren Barton, Beresford, Peacock, Stuart Pearce, Steve Watson, Alessandro Pistoni, Philippe Albert, David Batty, Robert Lee, Tamari Ketspire, Keith Gillespie, John Barnes, Alan Shearer, Festino Espria. Some of that lot could get in our team. Obviously, Barnes, Shearer, Keith Gillespie was a decent player. Shea Gibbon, we need to talk about Hugo. Do you want to talk about Hugo? That's your... I was going to get on... We'll get on to the Spurs squad from 98, because I don't think any of them, maybe one of them will get in our squad. But... um. Hugo, Hugo. Now, it's a, it's an interesting one because I've always said good goalkeeper, just outside that bracket of being a world class, like one of the top keepers, and I still stand by that. I think if you look at him over the course of a season, you look at his Tottenham career, he has definitely saved us more than he's cost us. Mm. Like I've got no, I've got no questions about that. But um, he does. He's always had that type of game in him. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I know you can't expect any player in any position to be brilliant every single week, but there's always this type of game a couple of times a season. You just think, what are you doing? And seasons gone by, you might have one of them games and you might get away with it. Um, it's just the most frustrating thing, isn't it? Like, the, I think the, the, the I was more frustrated on the second goal, to be totally honest with you, because like the first one's a mistake. 
And it's like, he's just misread the situation, let the ball's in the back, it's 1-0. The second one, oh, just like, we're 1-0 down, we've just conceded, game management, like, you're our captain, you're our yeah. captain, you've won the World Cup, like, Newcastle are pressing us, they look dangerous, why don't we, for 10 minutes, plan their half? Don't worry about playing and, and get up the pitch, play off second balls and just try and get a bit, just get through the next 10 minutes. Because as soon as that second goal went in, it just completely kills you. Bit, so what what the thinking is trying to, and like, as he's a brilliant goalkeeper, but his distribution has always been questioned. And those balls where we like chip it to the wing back, it never comes off. It never, it, ever comes off. It's too high. It's because it just drops and everybody knows where it's going to drop. And the it's I think rugby, you see this a lot, like the, the momentum of the ball and the momentum of the opposition player can cause a lot of damage to the the, yeah. the home team. And that's what we get because the direction of the ball is going out. So the, the player receiving the ball has to take the ball from the sky without being able to see what's around them, turn the direction and then move it on. Whereas the opposing players can just take our player out with a really aggressive yeah. tackle or move or just take it and move forward. And, so and most of the time as well, like like neither neither the Spurs player or the opposition player get clean contact on that first ball because there's such little pace on it. So it's never a clean contact. So it's, you're always then competing a second ball midway in your own half. And it's like, we've had a goal kick. And you're just like, yeah. all of a sudden now, like anything could now happen. That ball's bouncing around mid, midway in our half. It only takes someone to gamble and get on. And it's like, you know, and that's exactly what happened. Almiron gambles, gets on it, bangs 2-0. So I just thought the game management at that point was absolutely shocking. Like, yeah. if you play football at any kind of level, as a kid, even if you're a deep player at a decent level, they teach you about game management. And when you concede a goal, just the next 10 minutes is so important to stay in it. And the decision-making on that was, was okay. But look, Hugo overall, he's been a fantastic goalkeeper for us. Like, you, you, that's unquestionable. And he has saved us more than he has cost us. But there's always been that worry, even in the absolute Hugo lovers, there's always been that worry that it could drop a performance like that at any time. And you just never quite know when it's going to happen. He's the best keeper I've ever seen for us. By a long, long, long way. Although Brad Friedel was very good. And I, I think he's underrated just because of how slow he was. But he was very good. Um, I don't understand how your distribution can stay that bad. Like, it's been bad for 10 years. It's it's getting to the point where, like, your game, for a goalie, your game is judged in errors. And it's just poor. I was, that first goal, I found that one really interesting because it wasn't a foul on him. Never and because. Foul. You look at what Schmeichel or Kahn would have done, either the Schmeichels or Oliver Kahn, they would have broken him, Wilson, in half going for that. Um, I feel if it was the opposite way round, so if Hugo took him out, Hugo might have you know, been sent off for denying a goal-scoring opportunity. And so it's a really odd one, but he's always been light, isn't he? Not weak, but he's always just been light. He's always been bumpable. It's just a bit we've just... never been he's never been a commanding goalkeeper no. in that respect you know what i mean he, he makes brilliant saves and and like you've seen him with you know the athleticism that he's got is incredible but he's never been a commanding goalkeeper he's not one that you know a ball a, they've got a corner or a set plan he's just going to like you say just go for a crowd of bodies great i'll have that no problem. do you know what i mean it, mm. that's always been the side of the game that maybe that maybe he's lacked but um 
the decision making today was really, really not good. Really not, not good. I mean, I did laugh because I've gone on. I had a look on Twitter and people were saying about bringing Fraser Forster in for Wednesday night, and you just think, come on, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's had a bad game. We can criticise him for it, but like, let's be, let's let's not do anything crazy here. Do you know, we've got a massive Champions League game, and you're going to chuck Fraser Forster in. Like, are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, not not that game. We need a new keeper though, not just to start bedding him in. People are talking about oh, Black he's thirty, and I know people are like, oh, we're getting another four or five years. I, We've had Hugo for ten years. Let's 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 think about that. Um, let me. Uh, He'll be read... a tough one to replace, though. Like he will be, and it will it will seem odd watching not us and Hugo. him not being there. Yeah. yeah. But he um, it's probably the area you can get the most value for your money at the moment because it feels like every other position comes at a premium at the moment. So you can just go out and spend big money and get the best in the world. That's not Edson or Allison. Let me read you out this 98 team, and I just want a yes or no to whether they get in the team. And I mean, is this the, the start and 11? So start and 11 or bench? There you go. To t- say start 11, bench right. or no? Ian Walker. No. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Edinburgh. Uh, no. Colin Calderwood. No. Ibi World class. Uh, no, he, to be fair, he, he would get in. He would get in. He'd start, probably. Raman Vega? <laughs> nope. John Scales? Nope. No. Sol Campbell? Tottenham Sol Campbell? Who? <laughs> uh, David Who? Howells? God, David Howells just... No. Yeah. Rule Fox? He, was, he weren't a bad player, David Howells. No. Rule Fo- Fox? Uh... Streaky, isn't it? No. I'd have him on the bench. Oh, fine. Alan Nielsen. No. Darren Anderton. Yeah, 100%. And he might even be a... He, he probably would be a starter. Uh, David Ginola. Absolutely. Oh, what a player. What a player. Jose Dominguez. <laughs> no. Les Ferdinand. He wouldn't start, but you'd definitely have Sir Les. He was a great centre-forward. According to this, he's 85 kilos and Jose Dominguez is 62. That's a huge difference. 23 kilos is... That's a third of um, Dominguez's body weight. Chris Armstrong? Um, no. So I think the point here is just be grateful for the squad we, we've got compared to what we had in 1998. So, good 24-year-old uh, banter there. Yeah, 24 um, years ago. Bloody hell. Don't. 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 Uh, um, I've got some more of those um, player histories if you want them because I know you love them and you're really good at them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've actually got quite a lot here. Um, the first one, uh, Southend United. So we, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the year they started if you want, just to give you a bit of... So 1988, he started in Southend. Then he came on loan to Tottenham where he made zero appearances. Then he came to Tottenham. <laughs> What's happened there? That would, have, that would have been amazing, and then he's just gone on. He's just had a really random career elsewhere. That would have been amazing. This is really random. Southend to Spurs, where he played zero times. Then moved to Tottenham, where he played two hundred and thirteen times. Then he went to Portsmouth on loan, where he played once. Then he moved to Portsmouth full time, and then he played for Billericay. He didn't play for any other clubs. No, that was so he was with us for ten years. From from when? 1990 to 2000. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he's part of our two fat. He was part of our FA Cup winning side in 91 and also won the League Cup in 99. And something happened to him in the final. Oh, that was just Edinburgh. It was. Yeah. Of course it was. Of course it was. The Billericay Town bit threw me. (laughs) Really threw me. Um. Apparently he owns two, well, he owns, God rest his soul, uh, two franchises of Tony and Guy hair salons. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot he died, bless poor man. Um, Right then. In 1987, he started his career at Watford. And then he moved to Norwich. Then Blackburn. Then Tottenham. Then Portsmouth. Then Coventry. Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood. What a shout. What a shout. Played for England three times as well. He was, again, he was a decent player for us at the time, Sherwood. Shearer loves him. Shearer thinks he's brilliant. Character, wasn't he? Character. Absolute character, yeah. You can tell, like, yeah. And he said some stuff about Spurs that just weren't wrong as well when he was managing us. It's just... um, Right, senior career. So in 1993, started with Argentinos Juniors, and then he moved to Ipswich. What a what a move! Wow, um, what yeah. a culture shock that must have been. <laughs> they uh, definitely sold that in. Oh, Ipswich. Oh, it's just sort of southeast of London. Yeah, you know, yeah, it'd have yeah. been one of those, wouldn't it? <laughs> so you yeah. get there in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so Argentinos Juniors in 1993. Then he moved to Ipswich. Then he moved to Tottenham, where he was with us for six years. West Ham. Then he moved to AS Villasimius, Castadidias, and then Brighton and Hove Albion for two years. What what were the years at Spurs? Ninety eight to two thousand and four. He was also assistant manager to uh, for Brighton and Hove Albion while he was playing there, I think. And then he went to West Ham. No, so he he was assistant manager. To Gus Poyet. Is this Mauricio Torico? Mate, what a shout. Get in. What a shout. I thought I remembered the Brighton thing was Gus with Gus Poyet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he went yeah. with Poyet to Sunderland, ACAV, Athens, Rail Betish, Shanghai, and Bordeaux. Mate, what a shout. All right, 1988. Started his career in uh, Grenoble, Grenoble, then River Plate in Montevideo, Zaragoza. Chelsea, Tottenham, 2001-2004, and then it says Swindon with zero appearances. Is that Gus? It is Gus. Yes. He was a great player. He was great. I know he was slightly past his best when we got him, but he was still a very, very good player. Easy one, this one. So, 1998, started his career in CSKA Sofia. They moved to Bayer Leverkusen 2 then by Leverkusen, then Tottenham for two years in 2006, then Man United, I get many seats now, Berbatov. then Fulham, Monaco, Awak, and Kerala Blasters, which I think is in India, isn't it? I didn't know he played for India. Yeah, he, he kept playing, didn't he? He kept playing late late on, though. Mm-hmm. What's a player? Do you know what I mean? Like, just class. There's a goal he scores against Arsenal where he is on the sideline and he shoots up. What's yes. the keeper... Lineman? No, it's the one with like the blonde hair. I think it's got a ski in it. Um, he had like bleach blonde hair. Almunia. Almunia, no, not Fabianski. Almunia. 
what a player he was. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that goal. He broke my heart. So I moved to London in August 2008. And the 2008, the end of that window, that was when he moved. But do you remember there was that we talk about all the time, that picture of just his eyes. Someone snapped him in at Old Trafford. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. Right then, Rangers, Tottenham Hotspur, Sunderland on loan, Villa. And from Villa, he went to Forest on loan, Mallorca on loan and Bolton Wanderers. Alan Hutton. The Scottish guy. <laughs> yeah. When he went to Real Mallorca, that was one of the weirdest moves. Like fair play to him. Like, fair play to him for doing it. But what an odd transfer. He wasn't bad, though. Like, when he he played for us, it was him and um, Chorluka, wasn't it, on the right-hand side in that in that Champions mm. League time. He wasn't that bad. Didn't he play? Because Chorluka had his leg pretty much broken by um, Batuto. And yeah. he picked, and he was, he was fine. Right then, I, I was at Alan. Just a quick one. Alan Hudson's debut was a nil-nil home draw against Man United, and he played against Ronaldo, and he pocketed him. And we were, I was there with my dad, and we were like, "What this right back? What have we got here? He looks unbelievable." And obviously, couldn't quite sustain that level, but um, he did a job for us. But again, he, he was another one. He weren't easy on the eye to watch at all. Yeah. Uh, two left so we have this player who played for Mets Newcastle United Tottenham Hotspur where he went to Wolves on loan sold him to Norwich City where he went to Watford on loan moved to Peterborough and then Volos I'm assuming they're a Greek side yeah what are the years? so he's with us from 2009 to 2012 I thought he was longer than that Sebastian Basson. Sebastian Basson, yeah. I quite liked him, to be fair. I thought he was all right. Scored on his debut in the 2-1 victory over Liverpool. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I mean, he he was fine. Like, he, he was meant to be the next Ledley, wasn't he? He was meant to be the understudy and never quite worked out for him. But we had that weird thing, didn't we, where he wasn't playing and we loaned him out in the January window and we got Ryan Nelson. It was That was the same window. And just a little bit like, mm. Mm. yeah, I'm not sure about that. On a one, and I'm shocked to discover he's younger than me. Um, I'm 35. He's younger than me, and I think you might be shocked too. I hope you're shocked. Uh, fine. So, International, Tottenham Hotspur, QPR, West Brom on loan, Antelespior, and whatever it is, Benevolito on loan, Genoa, Udinese. Goyas Belenes, yes. He's played play for his national team as well. He's in a Portuguese team at the moment. So I'll read that again. Internationale, Tottenham. We played 81 times for us. QPR, West Brom. Antelas, yes. Or Benevento. Portuguese, yeah? Nope. No, I was not. Oh, my God, I, I, I thought Sandro, but then I was like, he didn't, is, is, is it Sandro? Is Sandro. I couldn't remember the West Brom. I remember the Q, obviously remember going to QPR, I didn't remember him at West Brom. It was just on loan. I can't remember either, but he, you don't like him. I really like him. I thought he was, he was just a good. Shocking, shocking, shocking footballer. He couldn't pass it. And you, <laughs> you had him and Palacios. Do you know what I mean? It was like. 
you got 100% of the time they'd win the ball back and they'd just give it away. It was just the two of them giving it to the opposition and going and getting it back. Uh, I wasn't a fan of Sancho. But he scored a world. That worldie against United was one of the cleanest strikes. That was great because he moved it, didn't he? He was going one direction, moved it the other and absolutely smacked. Was that the one where Walker scored a free kick as well? Was that that one? Was that 2-1? Under the wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Says he scored a, his first goal against Chelsea with a 35-yard volley in a 2-1 defeat. Yeah, that's right. I cannot I remember, remember that. that goal at all. He took, he took it on, he took it down on his chest and hit it, and it just somehow went in. Obviously, it was a game he went on to lose. Um, but he just scored long ranges. I think the two or three goals he scored were just that. I've, I don't know. I just, I really like that. T- I think it must be just because I like that team because you just think, yeah, he was next to Modric with Bale and Lennon and Van der Vaart. Like it was just a great. A great team. Didn't he throw up on the pitch once as well? That's about right. Oh, I just it just had character as well. Didn't he have a didn't he have a crazy house? Didn't he have like a nightclub in his house and it was all soundproof? We talked about this last room. He had a soundproof room so he could he could do it inside. Do you remember those videos as well? That this was quite early days of not the well, it's quite early days of when video was starting to be shared. And there was those videos of him doing uh, like kung fu kicks. In the in, yeah. <laughs> he would have been one. I bet you that all the players loved him. Yeah, he'd have been one of those, wouldn't he? And he was like, he stuck up for everyone. And he had a lot of personality, and I'm sure he was a positive guy to have around the team, but just not my type of player. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan, big fan of him. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's love it. Love them. the footballer game. I'm a little bit calmer now. I'm not as angry. I'm, I was so angry after United because that was so predictable. Um, this, I'm, I'm just, and then Liverpool. We could do Liverpool now, but we'll probably lose 2 0, 2 1. But big game against Sporting. And and that's pers- the one, isn't it? It is perspective as well, right? And, and, and it's like if you look at the league table, we're in third at the minute, which is like. You know, it's not disastrous. We're two points in front of Chelsea who have got a game in hand. We're three points in front of United who have got a game in hand. So those teams have to win those games to get in front of us. With so that, let me find out who those game, these games are. It's not it's not as disastrous. Um, seven points in front of Liverpool with a game in hand. So that that honestly, I think that Liverpool game in a few weeks' time is is going to be huge. Um, I just on wider Premier League stuff, Wolves they look absolutely shocking. Or don't they? They're nineteenth. Well, they're 19th Wolves. They're only off the bottom on goal difference. They've scored five goals all season. Well, that's bad. I'm sorry. But like and they, Leeds... And they've let in 18. But like Leeds have only won two. Forest have only won two. West Ham have only won three games in 11. Like, yeah. I was just looking at where we... This time, Pochettino got sacked on the 19th. We're recording on the 23rd of November. Um, we'd only won three games by that point. And I know we'd drawn a lot, I think. But, yeah. I mean... It's not a great. I mean, the relegation what, battle's going to be interesting this season. I always sound about it's a mm. weird league because I'm looking at. I think like Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton, Leicester, West Ham, Leeds, Wolves, and Nottingham Forest. Any of those sides could go down. You could even go up as far as like Palace, Everton, maybe even a Brentford could get pulled into. But you're talking like half the league could go down this year. It's yeah, that tight. It's really bad, isn't it? Well, Chelsea. So we're looking at games in hand. Chelsea got Brighton, so they'll probably beat them there. But then they've got. Arsenal and Newcastle next, and and then City after Bournemouth and Chelsea's. And yeah, tough. So that's tough. And then you have a look at Man United. I mean, they're so unpredictable now. They've got Sheriff, and then they've got West Ham, Villa, Villa, Fuller. Like they're 
they haven't got anyone big. But City should have played Arsenal. They, that that game was postponed in the midweek, wasn't it? So I think. Yeah. So that that would have had an impact on the table, and I do think Kane would have scored as many goals as Haaland in that team. I really do. Yeah, I do. I do. There's been a lot of stuff isn't there, about you know Kane and Haaland, who's the better player, and it's like for me, like Harry Kane is the most complete striker, and like like I think the comparable the, the argument is if you put Kane in the City team, could he do what Haaland does? I think he could. If you put Haaland in Spurs' team, could he do what Kane does? Absolutely not. I saw a, I put it in the group, didn't I? Someone on the BBC, I, I hate the BBC. I wish they could do, you could turn off like the things that people text in because they do it. It's just the talk sport model. They just do it to rile people up and get engagement and that. But someone texted in was like um, was anonymous and said, would Kane even get in the Newcastle squad? And you go, how are we in a world where people are even talking like that? There's not a squad in the world. Like Bayern Munich That's are talking ridiculous. about him. Yeah, I know. But, hey, Absolutely hey. ridiculous. But that's the world we live in, unfortunately. And it's like, Mental. I think it's very easy to be really reactionary to weeks like we've had and results like we've had today. It's probably what makes it more interesting recording on the day off. When we got mm. games on a Sunday, we record straight away. And like, you just get a more of an emotional reaction, don't you? But you know, a tough week. But like I say, a couple of days time we got sport in. We win that. Do you know what I mean? We put ourselves in a great position of getting through in the Champions League. Well, we will go through, won't we? Champions I, I think that... I don't know. If, I think it put doesn't it put Sporting out, and then depending on what the other results are, we might go through. So if we win, we'll get like ten that. points, and Sporting can then only get Sporting nine. Gone, if Marseille win, no. If we if we win this, no one can catch us. If we win this, we're definitely through, and then it's put to us and Marseille. So Marseille are playing Frankfurt. Okay. Marseille can get nine points. So we'll we'll go through if we win. Then it's a where we, we finish. So that's good. Yeah. We just got to make sure we get the job done Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. Dortmund City could be interesting. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry, we we done this. Ajax Liverpool, that's the one. One Wednesday, I you know I love a bit of Ajax. Liverpool are favourites yeah. to win, but you right never then. know this. Season. Never know. You really never know. 12 years we've been saying the same stuff over again. Frustrating, but we love it. And in tw- and in another 12 years, it'll still be the same. It'll be the same. I'll be, we'll be oh, saying, God. is Potch, Potch going to come back for the third time? <laughs> we'll be saying, we should have got Lewis, rid of Lewis 10 years ago, but he's 45 and still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Davis and Dyer are still there. Um, c- can you name the players that are still there from Potch's first game? So who played on the bench? Obviously the West Ham 1-0 away. We know Dyer scored and was assisted by Kane, who came on. So we know those two. Hugo was in goal, wasn't he? Um, what was the defence? Wasn't it like Rose? Because Dyer started at centre half for Tongan, maybe. I feel like it was like Carl Norton at right back. I, I forget how good you were at this stuff. It really winds I think me it was up. like Carl Norton at right back. And then it would have been what? Who would have had in the middle? I, think it was Co- I reckon it was Kabul. Oh, fine. Let me, let me read it to you. Yeah. See how many. I, I have a feeling it was Carl Norton. So Adrian was in goal for West Ham on the other side. He plays. I forget he's Liverpool's second keeper. Yeah, he's so done we had, well. He's done well. <laughs> he's done well. Lloris, Norton, Kabul, Dyer, Rose, Bentaleb, Kapu, Eriksson, Lamella, Lennon, Lamella in the middle behind Adebayor. Lloris Norton got sent off, and we had Soldado, Holtby, Townsend, Kane, Dawson, Friedland, Davis. So on the bench are Kane, Davis, 
Dyer, Larice. Still feels like a, a like I feel like if you did that for most teams, how long ago is that? About ten years. Not Only fourteen, just eight years ago, yeah. Eight years. I think if you did that for most teams, there wouldn't be any. Might I might try and do a bit of research just for big teams. Be interesting, but, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't think you'll, you'll get any. Is that alone like starters? Aaron Lennon's not playing anymore, is he? I think he's, he, he got released know. by Burnley, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. I hope he's all right. All right. We're fizzling. Um, anything else? I'm going to go watch that Stanley Tucci programme. You watching that on Italy? No, that I, I, do, I don't. I'll be honest, I don't watch don't that watch much TV. TV. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. watch that much TV. I'm too cool for it. <laughs> what do you do instead? Um... I don't know. Like I, I genuinely, I don't, I don't know what I do with my time. A lot of it, but like you know what it is with telly. It's just like I'll, I'll try and watch something. I just don't have the attention span for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's a good book on that about, uh, about how we lost focus by Jonathan Harry. Um, talks about diet and the way cities are built and all this stuff. But that, that's not that interesting. Um, <laughs> it's another gonna, pod. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's like middle class Top Gear. It's just like a person going to exotic, exotic locations, having experiences you want. But it's it's just for. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it's nice. All right, mate. Um, thanks for that. I'll see you. See you later. See you soon. And um, don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's really bright. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.